Ministries with Dr. Ron Smith. Oh, man, I've been waiting to do that. Uh-huh. Hey, I stole that moment from you. I beat you to it. I, th- I, may, even, I may have even beat the timing of things um, because I wanted to jump in so bad um, with that voice. All right, since I did that, um, we got Rodney Kilborn here. We got Jacob Miller here in the house. Uh-huh. And Ooh. Jacob's the button pusher, producer of this. But really behind the scenes, um, Rodney is our innovative pastor. Um, which means he helps us create, and he is greatly helping me understand and create the podcast world. He is helping me create um, Encourage Media, Encourage Radio. He's responsible for helping us even physically build buildings that will create healthy families and healthy systems. Man, with that long introduction, Rodney, that is why you're here, right? Yeah, I'm I'm impressed. Right, right. You didn't know. Uh, you did know that. Well, since I kind of hijacked your moment, um, we want to just remind our listeners what Front Sight, why Front Sight, what it stands for. Can you share like the heart of Front Sight, men? Yeah. Speaking of hijacking, right? <laughs> well, what are we doing with Front Sight? It is a podcast that takes aim at biblical manhood, and you know. Pastor Ron is helping men activate their role in societies uh, as guys, husbands, and dads. Um, and here's the focus, pun intended. Front Sight is designed to activate men to be faithful, focused, and fearless. Love that. And in each episode, we explore how to live a life of both education and action while experiencing moments of adventure, humor, and discovery. Boy, we've got humor and discovery, don't we? Yes. Yeah. Every day I wake up. How funny. I, I do pray we have education and action. Um, remember, guys, what we're trying to build here is men that are faithful, focused, and fearless. That is absolutely what we are trying to build. We believe that biblical manhood is is disappearing, and not only that, but it's going underground. We know it's being mm. attacked, and it's going underground, not because men want it to or don't want it to it's because maybe they don't know how to prevent it from going underground like that's what i yeah. i run into the most like what do i do about it yeah. where do i take my stand what does this look like now in this episode it's titled protecting the home front and we mean so much more than ADT we mean so much more than knives and guns and barbed wire whatever you have around huh oorah <laughs> You have, you have barbed wire around your house, <laughs> right? Pungy sticks. Does this crowd listening even know what pungy sticks are, right? I actually tried to make some in my backyard. Jacob's over there shaking his head, absolutely not. I have no idea. All right, just study it. It's from the Vietnam era. They dig a hole in the ground, shave down some bamboo to make it really sharp. So when the troops walked over it, it was bad news. That's just a good way to say what pungy sticks are. I grew up in North Carolina, so we actually used to try to uh, toy around with pungy stick pits. Yes, it was dangerous. But so we're not talking about that type of protection. Obviously, we're talking about spiritual protection. And I've learned a lot in this area, okay? By being a father of three daughters and obviously a husband of my wife, Raina, 
man, the, the alerts are always high when it comes to protecting your females. Like growing up, my sister was three years older than me, but she had to be in earlier than me. Like she could come home at like 11. I could stay out till one. And my dad was always like, well, I know he can protect himself, but for you, it's not that she couldn't, but you're just more of a target than a guy is. Mm -hmm. So I've always been on high alert um, protecting families. So we want to talk about how to protect the What does a, a biblical man, a godly man, who is a protector, like what does that look like? And in practicality, how is that fleshed out? How do we make that happen? Okay. Well, let's talk about, first of all, what makes a real man. Hmm. And out of describing a real man, I think you will begin to see the protection that is provided based upon who he is, not so much of what he does. Okay? Yeah. All right? So what makes a real man? Here's here's what I know. Here's what I'm learning. Number one, what makes a real man is his character. Mm-hmm. I want to give you four man laws um, in this episode. Here's man law number one. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> I must be known for my actions, not just my words. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I got to be known for my actions not just my words. Um, so growing up in a construction family, my grandfather was in construction, my father was in construction. He was a subcontractor, and he worked with a lot of contractors that did not um, keep their word. That was known. But he always knew the contractors that would keep their word based upon the character. And it took him a long time to find contractors that were men of character mm. to work with. Um, because as you know, being subcontractors, many of you guys that do that, a lot of the contractors won't pay up. Like they just won't pay out when they said they would. And you've got an entire company riding on, you know, the receipt of those payables. Um, so we we have to be known for our actions, like not just talk, right? The old adage, walk the walk, don't just talk the talk. So what is character? A lot of guys may not even know what character means. We may know what a character is, like, oh, that guy's a character, right? Like he's funny or he's weird or he's odd or he's just, no, what is character? And I think it was maybe Billy Graham. I don't know if he's the first one that said this, but I know he was the first one I read that said this. He said, character is who you are when no one is looking. Mm. All right. Self-confession. Um. There was a time in, in early on in, in marriage, I think we're about three, three and a half years into marriage, where I learned this lesson. Um, Raina came up to me afterwards, um, after church one Sunday, and it was simple. And it wasn't like I was this extremely bad guy, but it was a learning moment for me. We, she was trying to talk and, to, and to trying to share, and I was tired. I was kind of like, honey, my mind is like mush right now. And she said this, lovingly, she said, I just wish you would spend as much time with me listening as you did people at church. And I thought, wait, what? And she was right. When I was in the role of the minister, oh, I had to put on the listening ears and hat. When I came home with Raina, I thought I didn't. 
I thought she understood we were home, right? Unspoken expectations. We talked about that in the previous episode. I mm. thought she understood. Mm. Yeah. But that's where I needed to listen the most. What she was saying was, I'm seeing two different people. Mm. She was like, I see a guy who operates as a pastor at church and who lives a little bit differently. Like, like I just wasn't paying attention to her. Like, I needed to listen to her and show her as much honor and worth and value as care as and care as I did the people at church. All right. So you got to be known for your actions. Character is who you are when no one is looking. So character is also what you're striving to be and what you can be trusted with. Wow. Think about that. So you can't really see um, this because it's in writing, and when you're on a podcast, you're listening. So let's take a character tour, right? It's kind of like a caricature. Have you ever had gone to like Disney or somewhere, and the guy wants to pay money to draw a picture of what you think you look like? You know, your head's four times as big as the rest of your body kind of a deal, right? That's what we're going to do. I want to paint a picture for you of uh, character traits of a godly man. Number one, holiness. Now, a lot of guys don't know what... So let's just go around here in the, in the room, just off the cuff. I mean, when I say off the cuff, there is no rehearsal here for Jacob or Rodney. They're, they're being thrown a curveball right now. When I say, or rather, when you hear holiness, like, as a man, I'm supposed to be holy. What do you think about? What comes to your mind? Hmm. Obedient. Okay, obedient. Set apart. Yep. Set apart. All right. These are words that when you say holiness, that's a character trait of a man. What do you what do you think if your wife said to you, You're a you're a holy husband? You're 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 a godly man. What would you think she would mean by that if she saw like what would, what do you think she's seeing in you at that moment that make you those things? There's no wrong answer, no right answer. Just what do you think? I mean, for me, it's the same thing. Somebody who places God above themselves, they're obedient despite the conditions or surroundings, and they do remain set apart. It's easy to do that when everyone else is doing it. It's hard Mm. to do it when you're going against the grain. That is true. Yep, that is true. I can hear my dad join the Better Business Bureau um, early on, and um, and everybody there, good point, Rodney. Everybody there was like drinking, like so. I really think the the better business bureau was like the better beverage bureau, better social hour, better social hour. Like they really just went there to have like a shot of whiskey and share like who hadn't paid. But it was it helped to be a part of the better business bureau. And my dad really never do didn't never really do this. But my mom noticed. She's like, huh? I never knew you to like social drink. And you've been going to the Better Business Bureau, and now you're just having a little toddy for the body every once in a while. And and my dad was like, wow, all right, never noticed that, and immediately stopped. I mean, I, I can clearly remember that conversation, um, you know, with my mom and my dad. And I watched that, and I can, I can still remember, I can still see myself in the kitchen at that moment going, whoa. Like, my dad just straight up evaluated a behavior that wasn't right and changed. Hmm in one conversation. And again, it wasn't like my dad didn't drink, but all of a sudden he joins this group, right? And they're doing it to Rodney's point. It's easier to be holy when everybody else is holy, but when everybody else is not, how do you exhibit that? Here's what holiness is. Holiness is 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 um having 
the heart the same condition as the hands. Yeah. So you can't have the condition of the heart one way and produce fruit another. Mm-hmm. They just don't match. So it's being the same person um, yeah. in speech and behavior and action. All right. You got a, a, another characteristic of a, of a of a godly man is a pure heart. Like, he is singular in substance. Never a questionable motive. Never a questionable motive. It's not like you're one thing to one environment, one thing in another environment, and, an- and another thing for another environment, right. in, with, and for. Yeah. No, you're, you're singular. Like, everything that flows out of you flows from the same source. There, there is a, a holy um, fear or respect of God. We're talking about what are what what does man law number one mean? Like I I I I'm known by my character. Well, my character is I'm holy, I'm pure in heart, I have a fear, I have a respect of God. I don't, I don't fear man more than I fear God. Faithfulness. Ah, this is one of the three pillars of front sight that we are um, faithful, we're focused, and we're fearless. What does it mean to be faithful? It means you're steadfast, you're dedicated, and you're dependable. Mm. Right, I think that's what Raina was nailing at early on. Is is I want to know that you're dependable. I see you to others, you're dependable, but when I need you, you, you kind of want to just relax. Very minor illustration, I know, uh, but faithfulness. Here, here's the next one, and Rodney hinted at it: obedience. Obedience is is characters as as traits of a godly man. Okay, so. We're talking about how to protect the home front. So we're not talking about guns and weapons and barbed wire and and moats built around the house to keep bad guys out. Actually, one of the number one things that begins to protect your home is to be a man of consistent, godly character. Your home is up for interpretation every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do I mean by that? There are so many influences that want to come in and speak, and it comes in through your phone, it comes in through your television, it comes in through friends that visit. It even shows up when your kids come home from school or your wife comes home from work, and they have been influenced. All right, stop and think about this for just a moment. Stop mm-hmm. thinking about this. Um, we take off our shoes when we get home and leave them downstairs because we don't want to track um, dirt upstairs on the carpet. And why we know that where we've been on walking in certain sidewalks and public restrooms, like I'm bringing the public restroom into my home because it's on the bottom of my shoe. Mm. Delicious. Thanks. (laughs) All right. How many of you want to go out to eat now and you're going to think about your shoes? (laughs) Right? It's true. But my point is this. the The same way I bring that public restroom into my house on the bottom of my shoe... You think you may have left work, but you didn't. You brought the influence of work. You think your kids left school, but they didn't. They brought the influence of school into the home, whether it's a line of thinking, whether it's a line of acting. So a good friend of mine, he's in ministry, and his middle daughter, they went through a really, really rough period. She got in with the wrong group of friends, and the wrong group of friends were three other girls that came from divorced families. Okay, nothing wrong with that, but here's what my point was. In that situation, all three girls learned how to say the right words that would get their fathers in trouble. Mm. And they were now coaching his daughter to go home and say stuff like, my dad, when he disciplined me, touched me this way. Wow. Like stuff like that. Wow. And so here's this godly friend of mine, 
and his girl uh, gets involved with the wrong influence. And now that's, that's, that's an extreme case. But my point is this. The influence enters your home. Your house is always up for interpretation. Character, listen, guys, character is one of the number one defenses that shuts down other interpretations. Mm. Yeah. When your children begin to see you living one way, then all other interpretations of life will be challenged up against that one way, and it's your character, okay? So man law number one, I got to be known for my actions, not just my words. That's your, cur- that's your character. Here's number two um, on how to protect the home. From, you, ha- you have to be a man of conviction. Okay, I'm so sorry. Most men, if I ask them to write down their convictions, they can't write them down. Mm-hmm. And they they and if they do, they're not really convictions. Um, they're belief systems. Like I need to make money. Um, most men can't write down convictions. Convictions for a home and a family and a man are like cornerstones to a building. Everything is built off of those convictions. If you don't have them, yeah. then what's the saying? Any old wind, right, will come along and mm-hmm. blow you any direction. Right, all, if you, all that dirt, everyone's tracking in. All that dirt, everyone. What's what's the country song I'm thinking of right now? If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything, right? So if you don't have convictions, you, your family, are going to fall for anything. So here's man law number two: my character determines my usefulness. All right, so we establish characters number one. All right, well that determines my usefulness. So I have to have convictions that I stand by. All right, so a man of God is, is basically committed to a number of things. A man of God is committed to prayer. Oh, let me stop right here. Do you have a faithful, consistent prayer life? And do you have one with your wife? Now let me define what that means. Raina and I, because of our sometimes crazy schedules, and we have two different mornings, Okay, we come together after somewhat they happen. Now we have the the ability to do that because of coming into church, right? You may not have the same ability, so I'm going to explain this. So Raina has to get up in the morning and immediately get into the Word to get her head right. That is her way of handling those neural connections. I have to get up immediately and just be quiet, like I can't think about anything else. And then when I get into the office, that's when I have my time, if you will. Now, her and I have to have our time at some point together. Some mornings it works out where after she's had her time and I've had my time that we come together and we talk, what's on your plate, what's on your agenda, what's on your heart, what are you praying about, how are the girls, where are we headed, what does this look like? That way I know how to pray and she knows how to pray. Some days, honestly, it doesn't happen until it's on the phone, until I call her, and I'm like, all right, my head's right. Let's let's pray about this. Sometimes it doesn't happen until later that night, like we're we're going to bed. Or it's it we don't have a routine of when in the day it happens, but it does happen. Okay. So a man of God is committed to prayer. A man of God is committed to Bible study. All right, come on, guys. Quit using the excuse that you don't know how to study the Bible. Um, you know how to study fantasy football. Mm. You, you know how to study um, the part you want for your car. 
You know how to study how to clean your gun. Um, you know how to study what what's the best work boot for your job. Come on, you know how to study. Yeah. Now I get it. The Bible can be overwhelming. But also I don't get it because the Bible comes with this own explainer called the Holy Spirit. You just open up yourself to the Bible and the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal to you how to do it. That's another podcast coming. I can give you some practical tools on how to study the Bible. A man of God is committed to obedience. Prayer, his father. Bible study, his family. Obedience, his faith. I'm telling you, these are things that actually protect the family. This is how you protect the home front. Become a man of prayer, a man of study, and a man of obedience. Right Now listen, somebody said this, we may pass on our flaws, but we also pass on our faith. Hmm. Oh, it bugs the mess out of me. Yeah. Like there are, there are so many times that I'm torn between minister and marine, and both worlds sometimes coexist. When somebody comes to me and says, oh, I'm just going to let my child determine what faith they want, I'm like, oh, like let me get my spiritual hands on that argument. And I'm like, if your backyard was full of snakes, are you just going to tell your child, hey, little Johnny, go out there and you discover which one's poisonous? Sometimes you just go get bit. Right? No. If you saw your backyard was full of snakes, you're like, get them out of here. Why? If your child had never learned how to cross the road, would you take them to a busy interstate and say, now's a good time? Go. No, you just don't throw them out into the highway. You don't throw them out in the backyard of snakes. You're the one. You pass on your faith. So learn this, guys. You were not made for time. You were made for eternity. Your life and your decisions, therefore, have eternal consequences. Now, we define our day as dads by time. I got this job. I got to produce here. I got to go there, got to be back. I get it. We need time. Listen, if there's ever anybody that's a time guy, it's me. I tell Raina all the time, and she laughs. She's like, oh, that is so true. If you ever seen the movie Castaway, old movie, right? And he's the guy on FedEx that he runs his life by his pager. Like, this plane's got to go. This sh- I am that guy. Like, if you want the person that's going to run everything by time, that's me. And I married a a wife that runs by the wind. Like, everything's an adventure to her, right? If we need to be somewhere at 9.30, she leaves at 9.30. Um, And so, yes, we've learned to work things out. But my point is this. You you, you don't just pass on your flaws. You pass on your faith. And even though you may divide things in time, no. The time now has eternal consequences. That's why I tell dads, you may have a six-week-old son, but what you're putting in that six-week-old son has right now eternal consequences. Proverbs so, 22.6. Proverbs 22.6, right. Train up a child in the way they will go. All right, so guys, how do you protect the home front? With your character. How do you protect your home front? With your conviction. How do you protect your home front? With a charge. Here's man law number three. My experience with God always translates into action. It's just whether or not you're going to be obedient to it or not, but it does. Here, learn learn this. Success is God's department. Obedience is my department. Mm. If I take care of obedience, God takes care of the success. Wow. Your job is to not get up and be the most successful dad today. Your job is to get up and be the most, most obedient follower of Christ. And God will make you a successful dad. He'll make you a successful employee. He'll make you a successful boss. That's good. Right? The, the battle cry, our battle cry for men is Deuteronomy 6. 
Our battle cry is in our in our name of our church, Waterstone. It's in Joshua chapter 4. There will come a time when their children ask their fathers, what do these stones mean? Deuteronomy 6. The Bible says you you are to teach your child when they are awake, when they're awake, when they go to bed, when they walk, when they sleep, when they rise. Okay, so you have a charge, guys. Nobody else is called to protect the home front but you. All right, and here's the here's the fourth one. Four man laws. Uh, a man of God is known by his courage. Right? Here's man law number four. I like this one. Be a rock and a role model. Hmm. Man, you get to rock and roll. I mean, you, but you're a rock and you're a role model. Micah chapter six, verse eight. What does the Lord require of thee? But to do justly, act kindly, and to love the Lord your God. Right? Three things. You're to be a role model. Real men, real men lead with fairness. Like these, these are protection items. This is beyond ADT and guns and, and knives, right? Real men lead with fairness. Real men lead with tenderness. Real men lead with firmness, and they lead in Christ. So, all right, let's break this down, okay? So this episode could have been probably an hour and a half long, but I've cut it in half uh, because I'm going to separate it and give you some more. Let me give you practical protection advice. All right, so how do I take those four man laws and do something with it, in other words? Hmm. Well, first of all, you have to establish a base. Yeah. So, Jacob, was it this past Christmas you you got into the security system thing and you went and bought one, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, you come over to the house and you're like, man, I just got this. It's 50% off. I'm like, what the mess? Let me do that too, right? You kind of led the way in that. And what's the first thing it tells you to do? What is it? What's that little cone-shaped thing called? The home base. And it tells you to set that up first, right? Yep. Now, does yours, I know probably does, mine does the same thing. When you open up certain doors based upon those sensors, you hear the... Chime, the ding. On the... The home base. Every time a door opens, the home base lets me know something's up. Yeah. Something's going out, something's coming in, something's right, something's wrong, something's off, something's on. Yeah. All right, there are a lot of men that have not established a home base. Mm. You... So therefore, now look, the, the, in, in the book of Ephesians, when it deals with marriage, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible in the book of Ephesians says, don't give a place to the devil. Hmm. I love that phrase. If you don't have a home base, then you have no idea where you've given a place to the devil. Yeah. Because there's this alarm. I don't know what mine sounds like. I wish I could duplicate the noise, but it's, I don't know. Bing bong. I don't know what it is, what it does when the door opens, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Right? I, why can't I remember what that sound sounds like? But anyway, I hear it all the time. But my point is, listen, guys, listen, listen, listen. If you have a home base, when the devil tries to get in or your kids try to get out, that home base is going to go into alert mode. Like somebody just went out, somebody's coming in, something's not where it needs to be. The Bible specifically tells us to not do not give a place to the devil. Now, it's interesting when you study that. I heard one old preacher preach just like 30 years ago. That word also means camp. Don't let the devil set up a camp. Mm. He can do that in a line of thinking. He can do that in influence. He can do that in attitude. He can do that in behavior. He can do that in the television shows that you watch. Mm-hmm. You're literally letting the devil in. Yeah. Right, you're letting, you're giving him a place. Louis Giglio has a book called "Don't Let uh, Don't Give the 
the enemy a seat at your table. Yeah. Another way of saying it. Don't let him like how many times are we have are we having family dinner, but we've invited the devil to sit down and we don't even know it. Right? So establish a home base. In other words, set up a perimeter. All right. How do I do that? Well, I watch for spies. How, what do I mean by that? Listen to the commercials that your kids are watching. Now you think they're watching a certain kids programming channel. And it's all about, you know, one, two, three, A, B, C, blah, blah, blah. Nope. Nope. Man, the subtle nuances that are in language. And by the way, it's in a lot of that kid programming where dads are seen as doofuses, yeah. idiots, weak. I'll give you another challenge. I'm a minister, obviously, duh. Start watching how they portray ministers in shows. and movies, yeah. They're some of the wimpiest pacifistic, just like... Or, or, or they're nihilist and, and they're the bad you know, guys. maniacal, yeah, horrible, evil people. There's yeah. no balance. Yeah. So I'm watching some shows one time and they keep showing ministers. I'm like, I'm wondering if my girls think that's what I am, you know? But they didn't. But watch the commercials. Watch for cultural attaches. In other words, things that culture just throws in there that you don't want in the mix of your family. Listen to the words of yourself, your family, friends. For instance, we're a ministry family. My girls, Rain and I set out to do this. My girls were never referred to as pastor's kids until they were in their late teens. And we thank God for that because there's a stigmatism that comes with pastor's kids. We didn't want them to even feel like they were anywhere near that. Yeah. And I think that was critical. We avoided that. So we we did not even attach that to our family. Watch out for intended influences and unintended influences. Guys, you got to watch out for spies. They're everywhere, okay? Here's some more practical advice. Watch your words. Dad, your words are powerful. Mm. They shape your kiddos. I'm not a perfect dad. I could have done better at my words, and I'm sure there's some words that, that maybe I shouldn't have chosen at certain times, but I tried to tell my girls every time a certain pot. And I learned, I no matter how much I told them that, their friends could just about talk them out of what I just said. Hmm. There were so many times in my girls' lives where they were being bullied, they were being picked on, they friends were doing this or doing that, and I could not give them enough of my words to overcome the words they were hearing that were wrong. Yeah. But don't stop. Dads, your children are hearing voices every day. Written, spoken, unspoken, unwritten, you got to make sure your words are in there. Establish a home base with your words. Establish a home base with your attitudes. How's your attitude, Dad? How's your attitude towards your kid? You know, they say a Major League Baseball player is inducted into the Hall of Fame if he hits, um, you know, 300. Uh, is that, am I saying that right, Ronnie? 300% or what a th yeah. point? Yeah. That's like 30%. 30%, yeah. We often expect our kids to perform at 90, if not 100%. That's, that's that's impossible. Insanity. Insanity. Going back to expectations. Going back to expectations, right? So, you know, celebrate when they get to 20%, mm. right? Yeah. Like find those battles. Watch your watch your prayers. Can I ask you a question right now, dad, dads? Do you do you have specific prayers over your child or children? And each child's different. Hmm. Do you have prayers for your wife? Do you have a specific prayer for your family? Do you have a specific prayer over your home? Right. 
and watch the radar. Oh my gosh, stuff's always trying to creep in. You need that. This home base sends out a radar. It's got sensors on windows and doors, and it lets me know. Now, here's the last one. You guys have to develop personal alarm system. Now, I know this one's a little, I don't know time-wise, it's probably a little shorter of a podcast episode because I'm going to stop here with this develop personal alarm systems because I'm going to spend the next few episodes talking about what that looks like. Like, what does a strong man look like? What, what are personal alarm systems? So just like Jacob showed me an alarm system, helped me install it, and by the way, I still can't get my Wi-Fi working on the exterior of my house, so I haven't put up those cameras, and it's been like a year. Did you ever get your cameras working on the outside? They work most of the time. Ah, oh, dang it. Mine, I just have Wi-Fi issues. I can't do it. I And you know what? You can't return that stuff. And I'm like, man, your stuff doesn't work. And they're like, well, we're so sorry you got this now. And I feel like I don't know what I bought. I just need to. But anyway, I digress on that. But my alarm system has sensors that are designed to detect different things. Yeah. Movement, glass breaking, smoke, right? All those things. Yeah, carbon monoxide. That's a good one. I I have sensors that detect different things. You you can't just have one sensor. Mm-hmm. You got to have multiple sensors that give feed. I'm going to show you the next few podcasts um, um, how to do that. But we're we're going to close this one. We're going to wrap this one up. Let me just review really quick. All right, let me review really quick. I gave you four man laws. A lot of information on this. But here's what I want to point out. Okay, B- protecting the home front is not so much about devices and weapons. It's more about attitude, beliefs, convictions. Your character is a defense mechanism. Your yeah. convictions are defense mechanisms. They're protection. Your charge, you, you, dad, have been given the charge to train your children. That's a protect. If you don't, if you don't teach them, somebody else will, or they'll teach mm. themselves. You dads must have the courage. Honestly, one of the hardest things I've ever had to do is to be a father. It has taken the most courage to stand up for, pray for, be there for, and to study them on how to be the best model. And you got to watch, watch, watch. Set up a home base that monitors words, attitudes, prayers, keeps an eye on the radar system. Guys, you can do this. You can develop your personal alarm systems. We've given you four man laws, right? Here's where we are. So, guys, here's your charge. All right, ready on the right. Ready on the left, already on the firing line. Dial this in, follow these four man laws, and you will be faithful, you will be focused, you will be fearless. That front sight will aim on the target, and you'll nail it every time. Like, share, subscribe to this podcast, and invite other men. See you next time.